Hi, welcome back to Spider's Web. Here we are again. And this time, we're doing an adventure called Down in the Village. Now, I was inspired to do this because of the recent success of a very popular TV show that Amazon produced called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you haven't seen it, it's, it is marvelous, and it swept the Golden Globes. And it's the story of, of a young Jewish woman in the 1950s, and her marriage is breaking up, and she's from the Upper West Side, and she decides to become a stand-up comedian in the village in New York. And they use real sites that are still there, like places like the Village Vanguard and Washington Square, shots of Bleecker Street. And I have to say, a lot of it has never changed. You know, it probably does still look like it did in the 50s, but it definitely looks like it did when I was in the village, which would have been in the late 80s, early 90s. And my place in the village was an incredible legendary bar called the Five Oaks. The Five Oaks was on a little stretch of Grove Street that was between 7th Avenue and Bleecker Street. It was an ancient block. The billings were from the 1700s. And there were, there were three bars right on that little block, right in a row. Uh, one was the duplex, which was a legendary performance room that started the careers of people like Phyllis Diller, Woody Allen, um, Barbara Streisand, uh, amazing place that was still operating and still operates today. Then another place called Marie's Crisis that was a piano bar. And the reason that building is called Marie's Crisis, it's because it was the home of Revolutionary War hero Thomas Paine. And um, his daughter almost died of, of a fever in that building, and he said if she survived it, he would call the place Marie's Crisis. Little did he know it would become, you know, a gay piano bar in years later. Uh, I'm sure he would have enjoyed that, though. And then there was the Five Oaks that had been around since the 1700s. It was an ancient building, and the bar had operated as a bar for years and years and years under different names. But for a very long time, it was called the Five Oaks. And you went in this long staircase that went down to this ancient basement. And as you came down, you saw all these old guys at the bar that were like, come on down. It looked like they had been sitting in these seats forever. Um, it was filled with smoke because everything still was filled with smoke then. It had no windows. It was very dimly lit. It wasn't real easy to see exactly what anyone looked like in there. And everything was tinged with sort of a, a yellowish tone from smoke for years. There, there were strange artifacts in the building way back at the front bar there was this little metal door that was sort of rusty, and it had a coin slot at the top of it. We never knew what it was. We used to think that demons were kept in there or something, but we found out it was it was from the 20s, 
And people used to put pennies in that to get 10 minutes of heat at the bar. That's how old this place was. Well, it was a restaurant as well, but mostly it was known for being a piano bar. And it, it featured an incredible New York fixture who played there for 40 years, a woman named Marie Blake. There ain't nothing I can do, nothing I can say That folks don't criticize me But I'm gonna do just as I want to anyway And don't care if they all despise me If I should take the notion To jump into the ocean It ain't nobody's business if I do had an interesting staff. Uh, first of all, there was the owner. It was owned by a woman named Ginger Regan, and she had been a school teacher from New Orleans. And actually, that reflected the food. A lot of the food was New Orleans-style food. And um, uh, she was a lovely woman, but she seemed a little too proper to own such a crazy place like the Five Oaks. Well, there was the chef, Chef Anthony, who was from Brooklyn, and uh, he he was kind of a tough Brooklyn guy, but boy, did he know his food. His food was amazing, and he was very proud of it. And then there was his sous chef, Joni the Dyke. Yes, that was her title, Joni the Dyke, who also was from Brooklyn. And she'd say, hey, Anthony, you ready for those shrooms yet? And they got along pretty well when they weren't arguing, but that wasn't very often. They were pretty harmonious. But one of the most colorful characters was a waitress that had been there for a long time named fucking Alice. She was from Scotland, and every other word out of her mouth was fuck. She would complain about the customers. You see those two fucking assholes over there? They're lawyers. They sit in my station. They tie it up all night, all night long, and then they double the tax and call it a tip. Fucking assholes, I wish they'd stay home. Spider, do you want a piece of sliced tongue? I just got it from Zabar's. You know I Anthony can't fucking cook to save his life. I wouldn't eat his food. Well, she was a trip. And she minced no words with the customers either. People would fight to be able to sit in her section. Well, and then um, there was me. Um, and the reason I started working at the Five Oaks is that I was a struggling actress at the time, and my roommate, Cy, had become a waiter there. And he said, maybe you can get a job there. And they taught me how to be a bartender, which was amazing. And the coolest part was, if you did have an acting job or a singing job, they would let you leave and nobody would care. Now, the strange part about the Five Oaks, well, everything was strange, but they were open until four in the morning. 
and they were open for last call, and I mean the last, last call in New York. And you couldn't believe there were people that had come in at 5 p.m. and stayed there till 4 and couldn't understand why they couldn't get one more drink. I'd never seen people get that drunk. It was amazing how they even got home. I mean, most of them went outside and crawled into a cab. Some of them physically did crawl home. It was a pretty wild situation. But one of the gigantic perks of the Five Oaks was that it was a legendary piano bar. So I sang there on a regular basis. And it really taught me how to work a crowd. It taught me about the music scene in New York and how rough and tumble it could be and how you had to learn how to please an audience. And it was part of the New York nightclub scene. And part of that magic was listening to Marie Blake shout out a song like this. collection of people that would come to the Five Oaks it was very strange. I mean, you would, you would see like a, a lawyer and his wife and maybe his child come in and sit down and they would be sitting next to drag queens and there would be famous people there. Some of the famous fans of the Five Oaks were people like uh, the sports writer Jimmy Breslin, Broadway star Donna McKechnie, uh, there was a, a legendary jazz pianist named Al Bundy, who was quite a character. He also performed on the block. And another dear friend of Marie Blake's and Al Bundy's was a marvelous woman named Laurel Watson. And she had performed during the Big Ben era with the likes of Roy Eldridge. And at that time, she was she was quite a bit older, and she was still performing with a group called the Harlem Blues, and that was the great Laurel Watson. famous fan of Marie Blake's and the Five Oaks was the legendary Bobby Short, someone who really would end up playing quite a role in the fact that I moved from New York to Chicago years later. 
Uh, he was always very wonderful to me. And at the time that I saw him hanging out at the Five Oaks, he was the star, up until the time he passed away, of the famed Cafe Carlisle in New York. as a saloon singer, and a good saloon singer must come with, 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 with everything. He's had to play some jazz and, and fool around with a ballad and sing a waltz and dip into this and be a tiny bit risque sometimes and sing a, a tired old barroom song or sing the song of the day. And I've always liked jazz, grew up with jazz, and uh, mother didn't allow the blues in the house too much because the blues in the 1920s and 30s were always just a bit off color, you see. When Bessie Smith hauled up and sang the blues, there was always too much innuendo about my man and my empty bed. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental feeling that came to the Five Oaks almost every night. They were known as the regulars. The regulars were very particular about what you knew about them or what you're supposed to know through osmosis, pretty much. Their, their rules about their eating and drinking. There was a woman named Janet who was from Boston. She kind of looked like Mrs. Santa Claus. She was a very sweet little lady with white hair, and she would come in and sit down and order something, and she'd say, yeah, tonight I'm going to have the pork chops, and I want my martini. So you'd bring her a martini, and she'd look at you like she was going to kill you and say, my olives. What do you mean, Janet? My olives. Everybody knows about my olives. Well, it was as though it had been on page one of the New York Times. You were supposed to know about Janet's olives. Her martini was served with a large dish of olives, not just one in the glass. It was sort of a combination appetizer that she had, but you were supposed to know these things. People would get very upset if you didn't know the rules, and then they would accuse you of upsetting the regulars. We didn't want to do that. One of the regulars because it was a piano bar and all sorts of people would sit in, professional Broadway stars to opera singers to very strange people. But the strangest was a guy that was known in the village as Cowboy Dennis. Cowboy Dennis was about six feet tall, and I think he weighed about 30 pounds. He was real skinny. He was a retired postman. And he would dress in a cowboy outfit with a gigantic hat and cowboy boots. 
and he would be famous for singing hits from the village people for some reason. And he, he would sing uh, YMCA, and uh, his voice went sort of like this. YMCA, I got to go to the YMCA. And then he would get to the part where he would say, Buddy, won't you feel my body? And lift up his shirt. And the audience would all reply, No, no. That was the magic of Cowboy Dennis. He was so popular and so kitschy that Marie Blake would hold on to her tip jar and make sure that Cowboy Dennis went on at five minutes after midnight on a Saturday night to give the people what they wanted. They couldn't get enough of him. And then there were regulars that came in on the weekend. There were two cross-dressing men that were known as Jan and Francine. And they were really unattractive. Francine kind of looked like John Belushi in a wig. They would they would wear really strange, ill-fitting thrift store dresses. Jan looked like she was out of, you know, Monty Python, like one of those British ladies that's waiting for a bus or something. And they would call up in the middle of the week. Francine would make the call because she was in charge. She'd say, hey, it's Francine. Me and Jan are coming in for dinner on Saturday. We're coming at 8 o'clock, and we need the comfy seats. That meant they needed to sit on the banquette because otherwise I think their undergarments would bother them. But they were very sweet and very outrageous. Lots of fun. And as I said, it was a very mixed crowd. And one time I remember there there were uh, people that were tourists that came in. And they were a family, like a mom and dad and two little girls. And they're sitting in a booth. And then one of the little girls peeks over the other side of the booth. And she hears a famous voice say, Hi, what's your name? I'm Harvey. Yes, it was Harvey Fierstein. performing staff of the Five Oaks was pretty amazing. And they had a lot of piano players, including Mark Nadler, who I had mentioned in in, an earlier podcast, Uh, but names like Rick Page, Benny Martini, Stephen Lowenthal, Scott Trout, Bobby Pico, Lisa Hall, who was an actress, singer, bartender there. And the list went on and on. And uh, Aaron Lee Battle, who was a close friend of mine, and and he was a theater veteran, song and dance man. And uh, there was another issue at the Five Oaks, just when you thought it couldn't get weirder. As in any place in the village in New York, there are rats, especially if you're in a basement. It's inevitable. There will be rats. Well, the problem was every time there was construction, the rats would get worse. They would be larger and more present. And then the city would try to poison them, and there would be a problem. And one night, Bobby Pico was playing for Aaron Lee Battle 
on a packed Saturday evening and into the middle of the dining room while Aaron is singing, a woozy rat wanders out into the middle of the floor and decides to take his last breath. So he sort of passes out and Aaron keeps singing to distract him and make all eyes go up. And fucking Alice manages to see this brilliantly, walks through the room, drops a napkin over the rat, and then a brave busboy swooped down and scooped the rat up with a tray, unnoticed by the watching eyes of the public. Another Five Oaks miracle. One of my favorite piano players from the Five Oaks became one of my favorite partners in crime, and that would be Ricky Ritzel, who I've featured on the podcast in the past. And he was outrageous. And uh, I remember one of the stunts he would pull is he would, if he was listening to Marie play for somebody sitting in who was really of questionable musical talent, he would go back into the bar and get a cocktail napkin and drill it with grenadine, hold it up to his ear and come out at the end of the song and go, oh, oh boy, another one of those crazy moments. that went on at the Five Oaks and crazy things that happened. There was a maitre d' who is still a close friend of mine, and he's, he's an author now, Stephen Miller, and he actually made an attempt at having a crazy TV series that was shot there that was shown on local New York television. Every now and then somebody will tell me about one of those episodes that will, will rear its head, and I'm in some of those crazy episodes. Uh, there were memorials for lots of people there, um, even weddings. My wedding. I got married in the Five Oaks, and it turned out to be a very glamorous affair. It wasn't planned very long, but it all worked out beautifully. We could have the space from 3 o'clock till 5. I call it the $300 wedding. We gave the Five Oaks $300.00. And I said, just make it nice. Well, there were crazy flowers everywhere. A guy that was a florist was a friend of mine. And he had somehow ordered too many flowers for a wedding at the Pierre the day before. And I had all these crazy lilies and roses, a spectacular bridal bouquet. I had buckets of mimosas and champagne I said, maybe put some hors d'oeuvres out if you can. There was chicken liver mousse. There was a salmon mousse in the shape of a fish with caviar and a glorious, beautiful strawberry shortcake wedding cake. Three tiers that was made by Joni the Dyke that had fresh flowers on it. It was just amazing. But they told us we had to um, finish the formal ceremonies at five o'clock because the happy hour people needed to come in. 
and they were the regulars. They would arrive at five and leave at four, but you had to force them out. But the happy hour people came and they, they helped to finish the hors d'oeuvres and they brought me gifts and it was just a spectacular but unusual wedding. And then one of the things that happened at the Five Oaks in those days is uh, my roommate, Cy, who loved beauty pageants, decided to create the Miss Five Oaks pageant that would happen every September. And it would be contestants that mostly consisted of, of local drag queens, and someone would be crowned Miss Five Oaks. It was very sweet, and it was an amazing place. Now, Marie was there for 40 years, as I said, and she really never missed a day, ever, except one time she came late. She called up the owner and she said, I'm going to be a little late. I was making some soup, and I fell in it. I'm a little singed right now, but I'll be there. And she did get there, and she was fine. Well, gone is the Five Oaks, and gone is Marie Blake and many of the other people that work there. But if you've ever experienced the Five Oaks, it lives in your heart forever, because that was part of life down in the village. Well, that's perfectly all right.